From the Financial Times in London, I'm Shona Jenkins and this is FT News. Saudi Arabia has shocked the world with a wave of arrests of princes, tycoons and former ministers as part of an anti-corruption drive initiated by the Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. In a move likened by some to a Saudi Game of Thrones, the country's newly created anti-corruption commission detained 11 princes and dozens of others, among them the billionaire tycoon Prince Al-Walid bin Talal. Here with me to discuss the lightning crackdown is our Gulf correspondent, Simeon Kerr, our oil markets reporter, Anjali Raval, and Arash Masoudi, our M&A correspondent. Simeon, if I could start with you, what is the background to these arrests and is there a political side to the crackdown? Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman previously has said that he was going to make cracking down on corruption a priority and that no one would be spared. But the speed and pace at which this has happened has really come as a surprise. They're arguing that you need to crack down on corruption in order to create a, a business environment in which you can change the economy from one dependent on oil revenues into one that is driven by the private sector. But there are many within the kingdom who do feel that this is indeed following a political path as well. I mean, Mohammed bin Salman has spent the last couple of years consolidating his power base after his father took the throne in 2015. He's gradually broadened his grip over all levers of power. Now, this crackdown has come at the same time as that one other prince, Mitab bin Abdullah, the son of the former king, has also been thrown out of his position at the National Guard, which is a very important security force in the kingdom, and also has been accused of corruption as well. Prince Mitab bin Abdullah has been seen as a potential contender to the throne or someone who could challenge Mohammed bin Salman's rise within the family. So people are seeing that there's a blend of using a corruption campaign to try and appeal to the Saudi people and to say that we are going through tough economic times, but look, I'm willing to take on these vested interests in the economy, even if they're from my own family. But other people also do see it as a way of sidelining those who were associated with the former king and potentially trying to make sure that any dissent or opposition to his reform programme and his elevation to the throne can be dismissed. Now, you mentioned Prince Metab and we've mentioned Prince Al-Walid. Are there any other key figures who've been arrested and why particularly were they picked? Well, the report suggests that it's 11 princes, maybe 40 or so ministers and businessmen. There is also a surprise mention of a former finance minister, Ibrahim Al-Assaf, who was on the board of Saudi Aramco, who's reportedly been taken into detention. And there are prominent business magnets from various families throughout the kingdom. It's been a broad-based approach, but with some who will argue that, you know, to crack down on corruption is very difficult because so much of the way that politics and business interact with each other has been based on corrupt grounds for decades. And it's very difficult to root it out without taking down the entire system. Turning to you, Anjali, how have the oil markets reacted? Oil prices have risen now to a fresh two-year high above $62 a barrel. The reason behind this is, look, the oil market was already on the up, with a lot of bullish sentiment anyway. While people are obviously paying attention to political uncertainty, this is the world's largest oil exporter. Market participants are probably now looking towards the next OPEC meeting later this month. Is there going to be a big surprise from Saudi Arabia after this episode? But most people that I've spoken to still believe that they will maintain the current policy 
of enacting production cuts alongside other OPEC and non-OPEC countries. After all, it was Mohammed bin Salman that really did show leadership on this front. And not only will that policy continue, as most expect, but people also expect other drives, for example, the big push for the planned IPO of state energy giant Saudi Aramco, that will also continue. Arash, can you tell us about Prince Al-Walid, who is perhaps the best known of those in detention? He's publicly backed the prince's reforms. So isn't he an unlikely target? And will his arrest have any wider repercussions? Yeah, that's certainly been the name that has captured the headlines, though, as Simeon points out, some of the other members who were arrested may have more political implications. Awalid is undoubtedly the person we're most familiar with in the West. He first emerged on the scene in the 1990s with a with a remarkably timed investment in Citigroup, which was then called Citicorp. Uh, and you know that led a succession of deals, which by the end of uh, the 1990s led Time magazine to proclaim him as the Warren Buffett of Arabia. But what what has gone on behind the scenes is hard to tell. I, I think you know he's a grandson of Saudi Arabia's founder, as is Mohammed bin Salman. So the level of politics and history between the two men may go back. The level of intrigue within the court may go back. Awalid has always been an outsider from the sort of inner sanctums of Saudi power, and has sort of made his name by focusing outwards. He's got close relationships with big tycoons in the West, including Rupert Murdoch. He backed Steve Jobs quite aggressively. He stuck close to Citigroup even through the 2008 financial crisis. So Awalid is very much a Western figure, but is not seen, despite his wealth and sort of estimated fortune, as a sort of major player in Saudi. So what sort of dynamic exists between him and the young prince and the prince's inner circle? It's not clear. He has gone out of his way in the last 18 months to signal his support for the reforms that are being run through by Mohammed bin Salman. When Saudi broke diplomatic ties with Iran, Awalid declared that he would cease all discussions with Iranian entities where he was looking to do business. When Mohammed bin Salman seemingly overthrew his cousin and became the crown prince, Awalid declared his allegiance to Mohammed bin Salman. And just recently, as there was a conference with all the world's leading financiers in the Ritz-Carlton Hotel in Saudi Arabia, Awalid appeared on television on the fringes of the conference to declare his support for the reforms that are being pushed through in Saudi Arabia. And now, sort of less than a week later, or just over a week later, Awalid is in detention in the same Ritz-Carlton Hotel. So quite a twist in the story. It certainly is. Simeon, Prince Mohammed bin Salman must be creating a lot of powerful opponents with this move. Who are his allies? And do you think he has enough support to retain control of what must be a highly volatile situation? Well, I mean, I think he would say that his greatest allies are Saudi youth. I mean, he himself is 32, 70% of Saudis are under 35. And he has managed to generate a lot of support amongst the youth who want to see some changes. He's been very quick to bring more social freedoms to the country, which have been applauded. He does have enemies within his family, but he has been spending the last couple of years consolidating his control there. Older people are more sceptical about some of his reforms, which they think may be going too fast, uh, and worried about the state of the economy, which is basically in recession at the moment. And conservative groups within the kingdom are also concerned about his push for bringing the kingdom back to a moderate form of Islam. But, you know, he does have the support within technocratic groups, within those who want to see change in the economy. So he does have this base of support. And so whether we will see great challenges from within the family is certainly seen as a risk these days and much more 
uh, of a risk maybe than before this because it is such a bold move that could spark a reaction. His allies would say that most people are behind him and certainly a crackdown on corruption is long overdue. So they will hope that the goodwill for that will help him get through any opposition from either within the family or outside the country. But from investors' point of view, looking from outside, all they just see is political risk going through the roof and a really crazy situation where these pillars of industry that they've been doing business with, like Prince Alwaleed, are suddenly banged up. So, Simeon, what do you think will happen to these people and what are the wider repercussions in the region? We are in uncharted territories here. There are some examples in Saudi history of a ruler sort of trying to bring his family to account and trying to bring in reforms, King Faisal back in the day. But I think now it's very difficult to see what will happen. They say there's going to be an investigation, there are going to be trials. And I think the assumption amongst insiders of the kingdom is that the government will seek to recover corrupt money which could prove to be a very lucrative process and one that the state coffers, which have been buffeted by the low oil price, could really do with. I mean, regionally, certainly people around the Gulf are looking with interest and shock at what is going on. It's maybe too ambitious to draw too many implications for other places, but they're very much looking on it with interest and see it as a sort of defining moment in Saudi history. Thank you, Simeon, Arash and Anjali, and thank you for listening. We'll be keeping a close eye on this story. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.